Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter, as we talk about the NBA and, of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 226. You may have noticed if you're an astute listener that we did not list off Mike's name in the intro 10 seconds ago. And that's because he's not here today. And he's not here because he's on a lovely vacation we call a honeymoon that you take after you get married. Your uh, 8311 cast host would like to extend the congratulations to Mike and Kirsten, their lovely wedding. And we hope to have a happy marriage. Mike will be back next week. Most importantly, to talk about the NHL. But until then, we're going to continue trucking on and talk about the NBA later. Before that, though, I want to bring it back to football. Gary Barta, Iowa's lame duck AD, who will retire effective August 1st of this year, has never hired a head coach for wrestling, women's basketball, nor football in those 17 years he's been with the U of I. He has hired two men's basketball coaches, but he hasn't hired one since he hired Fran in 2010, uh, who also happens to be the longest tenured men's basketball head coach in the Big Ten. So Barta makes the U of I athletics a huge amount of money, but it doesn't seem like any significant amount of his time has actually been with hiring for any of the major earning sports in the college world. Uh, just for example, fiscal year 2022, the revenue of U of I athletics was $151 million. And again, he hasn't hired any coach since 2010 uh, for any of those major sports. Just insane. Dang. That is, I mean, that is a really interesting fact right i mean i don't know whether they think it's good or bad honestly in in this day and age like stability is what you kind of hope for but at this point if you don't win you're out yeah i don't think it's good or it's bad it's just interesting i I don't know how to quantify it is there anything that's comparable in d1 athletics i mean you could probably choose just one sport i suppose you might be able to look at football or just basketball but for both men's and women's basketball, football, and wrestling. Like, just wild. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. What else is interesting is the conclusion of the NBA Finals. Uh, that did happen this week in Arion. I mean, was this was this a, a an exciting series, or were we hoping for a little bit more? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, as you uh, as you may have heard by now, the Denver Nuggets are your 2023 NBA champions. This is their first championship, uh, either NBA or ABA. I do believe they put a graphic up during the game that said they were the longest since team existence to win a title, and it was like 47 years. But they finally got one under their belt. Nikola Jokic was finals MVP. Over in five games, it was a very exciting game five. Uh, It ended up being uh, 94 to 89 in the end. It was an ugly game. It was a physical game. I that's probably the most contact I've seen in an NBA game. Just not being called in quite a long time. Bodies were everywhere. Oh, yeah, they were contact. Referees were just looking dead at it and like, that's fine. Go ahead. Just play, <laughs> which is fun. I think it makes for a fun, frantic, like intense game. Like guys were going at it for sure. 
Uh, but it also means that, you know, your highest score was 94 and it was the 94 to 89. But if you like that kind of basketball, I think it was nice. And if you want to see a 120 to 117 game, uh, watching the regular season. Uh, the Heat scored 95.8 points on average in this series. I think they averaged like 112 or 114 against the Celtics. So huge drop. Denver had an average scoring margin of uh, plus 9.4. That is to say they beat the Heat on average, by 9.4 points per game. So, you know, it wasn't the most competitive series. I think the Heat definitely fought hard. They just did not have the level of talent that the Nuggets did, and I think that finally caught up with them. I also do not believe that Jimmy Butler was 100% healthy. He looked tired. He didn't look aggressive. So many times you'd see him back down a smaller guard just to pass out as soon as the double team happened. Whereas in earlier series, we really saw him attacking doubles, closeouts, whatever he could do, and basically just single-handedly winning them games. Uh, if you do recall, he sprained his ankle earlier in the postseason, and I don't think he's looked the same since he sprained his ankle. Uh, but that is purely speculation on my part. Give the Heat a little bit of credit here. I give him a lot How of credit. Many- how many games more games did the Heat play than the Nuggets? I know the Nuggets yeah. went 16 and 4. So they they absolutely steamrolled through their games compared to the Heat. The Heat had to go 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. Much much of that was their own fault for not being able to win on their home court and pushing that series to 7 games ultimately and then finally winning in 7. They were tired they had to play more games and it finally caught up to them the actual talent disparity between the two teams it was jimmy butler bam Adebayo, and a bunch of guys without tyler hero out there at all and now i'm not saying you know with tyler hero out there oh they could have they would have won the series i'm not saying that at all denver was the best the better team here the better team won in the end, and they were clearly the better team all throughout the series. Hero was allegedly available for game five. We did not see him in the game, but I heard he had potential to be out there. Well, and so on top of that, the last team to to steamroll through the playoffs like the Nuggets, I believe was Golden State a few years back, maybe 2017. They went 16 and one on Mm -hmm. the on the way to uh, their their finals victory was that their first finals potentially no, that, that was, was the, you're thinking of the kevin durant year when yeah. they had the super team and just blew everybody out of the water and it wasn't even fair yeah so that series that was the last time we saw one that went you know that was tilted that unevenly in one direction but credit the nuggets man they built you know a team that was able to win like it it was a hard team to guard Jokic was hard to guard in those pick and rolls with Jamal Murray they were feeding off of him Aaron Gordon stepped up and played a huge role much like Andrew Wiggins finally came into a role play role playing position with Golden State uh, when he finally won a championship with them Aaron Gordon came in Aaron Gordon was what like the number four overall pick one year four or five something like that when he was when he was drafted 
So players like that, some players will either get a massive ego or they will eventually find their spot if they are not that cornerstone player to build around. And look, Jokic went and was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial, whereas Aaron Gordon wasn't. But look, Aaron Gordon came into this team, played a specific role, guarded Jimmy Butler absolutely phenomenally. In and Bam out of bio. And I mean... Bam in this series and yeah. credit to him for stepping up and filling that role and filling what Denver needed. And Jimmy Butler had a really hard time getting shots off. And that makes it tough when you are lacking height, length, size, uh, just sheer weight, being able to throw your weight around. He had to battle with Aaron Gordon all series and it made him tired and it was hard for him to get his legs under him and get good shots at a high percentage. Yeah, I will say with the exception of some efficiency, uh, Bam Adebayo had a really good series after having an awful series against the Celtics. So it was nice to see him bounce back. It was fun to see kind of the duel between Jokic and Adebayo, but just every, like you said, Aaron Gordon played so well, but you can extend that to every single person who got minutes on the the Nuggets roster. Everybody who came in played their part amazingly. I mean, we saw national media talking about Christian Brown just scored, I think, 15, 17 points in a game as a as a rookie in a national title game one year, and then the next year he's in the NBA Finals. It It's incredible. How he managed to put that together, and he's guarding, I mean, just in these playoffs, a rookie went ahead and guarded LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant. We're talking about guys that are scary to anybody in the league, and he had to go do it in his first year. Uh, super impressive from him. Even in this last game, Gordon and Jokic got into foul trouble. They played DeAndre Jordan off the bench for a little bit to, to close the first half, and he had a block. Got some rebounds, played pretty good defense. Like everybody who came in just did what they needed to do. Uh, so I guess credit to Coach Mike, Michael Malone. He got everybody on the same page. He got everybody motivated. I know we talked a lot about how good of a coach Eric Spolster is, and he is a fantastic coach, but definitely some credit deserves to go to Mike Malone. And this is really kind of the first year we've seen this team constructed as it was and fully healthy. Like, once they traded for Aaron Gordon, eight games later, Jamal Murray tore his ACL, and he hasn't been back since. And then in the past, when he's getting healthy, you have Michael Porter Jr. in and out with back injuries and back surgery. They were finally all healthy, and we saw it all come together, and it was really impressive. Um, Whether we see it all again, uh, that'll be an interesting thing to say. But all you ever need is for everything to come in at once, and it's very hard to win one ring at all. So hope everybody enjoys it. Um, I don't have anything necessarily else about the game. You guys want to say anything? Um, not really anything. Let like about the game. Was that one of the worst foul calls on a three point shot in history? Yeah, I guess Um, I am weird. I didn't think it was an awful call. Really? It wasn't a good call. All of the commentators were I losing know. their minds over it. I saw it. that. But I, it was Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, and they're god-awful at their jobs, so I don't know why they would ever criticize a referee for being god-awful at their jobs. <laughs> I will say this. 
The so they said that that leg kick was never a part of the game of basketball or it has no place in the game of basketball. <laughs> how I don't know how many times I as a kid grew up watching yeah, college Paige basketball and, and NBA basketball watching people pull up like that and it and kick their leg out way more egregiously within I was gonna say, that did. wasn't even a really egregious that man kick. that man's momentum was going towards the baseline yep. and out of bounds his leg kick was to try and hopefully keep him centered while taking that shot like literally i didn't think that was egregious at all and Maybe. aaron gordon seemed to just keep getting closer and closer and closer to him with no attempt to just get out of the way. So Yeah, if you want to have an argument about it, it's the fact that, like we said before, they were not calling anything this game, and then at the end of the game, it seemingly looks like a bailout call for the Heat to get closer in the game, which I can definitely understand that and give credence to that, but if I'm thinking about it, I would have to go back and rewatch the tape, but there definitely was a worse version of that call in the Heat Celtics series, I think. I want to say it was for the Celtics, but again, I'd have to go back and look at it. Wasn't the best call for sure. Probably a bad call. I would agree with that, but I don't think it was anywhere near one of the worst calls probably that we've even seen this year. Um, I did. I have like a big notepad full of stuff that I keep about sports and then forget I ever wrote any of it down. Um, one of the ones that I have from like well over a year ago, I think it was from when Jokic won his first MVP was it it just like is a question and it says let me see exactly how I wrote it down Nikola Jokic, Dennis Rodman, Mark Gasol, Draymond Green, who's the best second round pick of all time? Those are just some guys that I was floating about it. Now that he's won a championship and he has two MVPs, it kind of feels like it has to be Jokic as great as Rodman, Gasol, Green, those guys are. You kind of got to stick with Jokic instead. He was the, the number one guy on a championship team, which none of those other guys can say they were. Yeah, I don't know if I have a leg in the race on that one. I mean, he has to be up there. Obviously, Rodman was up there, too. Yeah. Because who is Michael Jordan without Dennis Rodman? I, we don't know. Yeah, that is that is an interesting one. Just so for for all of our listeners out there, check one off the list. And now there are 10. There are 10 NBA franchises remaining who have yet to win uh, finals uh, or yet to win the finals. So, yeah, go out there and look that up. If you want to tweet at us who you think will be the next uh, team to check off on this list feel free to at 8311cast. Yeah, I, I do not know what that list is, so I'd be interested to see if any of those guys... Those you, want me to read it? you want me to read contention. it off? Yeah, let me hear it. Brooklyn Nets, Charlotte not Hornets, or not formerly happening. the Bobcats, Indiana Pacers. Potential. LA Clippers. Potential. Memphis Grizzlies. A lot of potential. Minnesota Timberwolves. I in played the uh, <laughs> in purgatory right now from the Rudy Gobert trade. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Orlando Magic, no. Phoenix Suns, okay, and Utah Jazz. Not super close, but could be okay. There's some decent contenders in there. There are definitely probably four people in there that I could see winning one in three ish years. 
give or take. But again, really hard to tell with these things. Like, look at the Pelicans. Does Zion ever play? Hard to tell. Yeah. So all of our viewers out there, give us give us some uh, interaction on Twitter. Yeah, let, us know what you think. let us know who you think the next one will be to come off that list. Yeah, I have a quick question that's not related to the game before we get to the finals. You mentioned a defunct basketball league in your stat like five minutes ago. Have we ever talked about the ABA before? I don't know that we have ever talked about the ABA. I'm not saying we need to talk about it now, but do you have like any idea like why that merger happened? Because I feel like that was one of the money. really short-lived leagues. Well, okay, it all boils down to money. But there's got to be more than just that because like, I feel like that was that was a league that was like what late 60s to late 70s. It was really short. Yeah. Like, I feel like we should talk about that at some point in time. Okay, that's a good idea. We'll jot it down. Maybe have a little episode about the ABA. That's all I had to contribute in the NBA. So <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> But um, at no time at all from the end of the, the finals, um, our front offices will get right back to work. And uh, the draft for the NBA is in nine days as of our recording here. It happens on the 22nd of June. Um, I don't really see any Cyclones getting taken in this draft as we are a, a rather Cyclone-centric sports podcast here. Um, honestly, there aren't even a ton of Big 12 prospects this year that are looking to be at the top of the draft. Uh, Grady Dick from KU and Keontae George of Baylor are really the only ones who are commonly going to be mocked near the top of the lottery. Um, right at the top, you're looking at Victor Wimbanyama as the obvious number one choice. Nobody's trading that pick. Nobody's picking anyone else. Go ahead and write that down in stone. The Spurs will pick Wimbanyama. After that, it's a little bit blurrier, and you're looking at kind of a foursome of a guy with a super cool name in Scoot Henderson. Um, there is the, I'm blanking on his first name, the Miller kid from Alabama. Oh, uh, oh, what is his name? Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't remember. Brandon Miller. Brandon. I could only think Bryce for some reason. Yeah, Brandon Miller from Alabama. And then you have two guys uh, that are just commonly referred to as the Thompson Twins. They've been playing in the G League along with Scoot Henderson. So you'll see some combination of those guys probably in the top five. Uh, but that'll be interesting to see how that goes and see where everything ends up there. And then the last thing we're going to round out with in the NBA section, at the very beginning of the year, before the season started, we went ahead and made predictions on the seeding for the top six seeds in the West and the East, then our conference championships and our champions. Um, so I will just read those down really briefly. We'll go over some points here and uh, we'll move along. For myself, in the West, I had the standings as Nuggets, Clippers, Timberwolves, Warriors, Grizzlies, Suns. Mike had Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers, Wolves, Grizzlies, Suns. And Wyatt had Nuggets, Warriors, Clippers, Suns, Timberwolves, Lakers. Um, and I'll go over all this at the end because I'm just going to rattle off the teams first. And then in the East, I had Bucks, Sixers, Celtics, Cavs, Heat, Nets. Mike had 76ers, Celtics, Bucks, Heat, Hawks, Raptors. And Wyatt had Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, Nets, Cavs, and Magic. For some reason, in all caps, um, I like your chutzpah there. Um, of those picks, the ones we actually got correct in seeding order were the Nuggets for me and Wyatt. Wyatt had the Suns in the correct spots. And then in the East, 
I had the Bucks, Cavaliers, and Nets in the correct spot. Uh, Mike had the Celtics in the correct spot, and why I had none of them in the correct spot. Um, and then teams that we just whiffed on completely. For myself, I only missed two teams in the top six, and that was the Kings and the Knicks. I had the Heat and the Timberwolves in instead. I feel like I should get some credit because the Heat went all the way to the championship game, but they were indeed a play-in team, as were the Timberwolves. Uh, Mike missed out on the Kings, Cavaliers, Knicks, and the Nets. Uh, He had the Wolves, Heat, Hawks, and Raptors in. Again, all of those teams were play-in teams. They just did not make the top six seeds. And then Wyatt had the Kings, the Clippers, and the Knicks, which he missed out on. Uh, He had instead the Timberwolves, Lakers, and then the Magic. Uh, The Magic being the only team on our list that did not even make the play-in. And then it gets a little bit less pretty with our conference championships and champ games. So I predicted that it would be a Clippers-76ers finals with the 76ers winning. Obviously, that did not happen even close. Um, Mike predicted the Nuggets winning the Larry O'Brien trophy, so kudos to him. He was correct there. The only thing he got wrong was that he had them playing the Celtics for it. And then Wyatt had the Clippers and the Celtics playing with the Celtics winning it. So I went ahead and just punched up a generic scoring system where if you got everything correct on a seating, it was one point correct, but not the seating is a half point. And if you just got it wrong, it's zero, obviously. Uh, just to see who did the best. If we are punching all this stuff in, I got seven and a half points. Mike got six and a half points. And Wyatt got five and a half points. However, Mike did get the national championship correct. He picked who won the finals. So if you think that counts for more, go ahead and add those points in. So depending on what you like best, either myself or Mike won that. No matter what happens, Wyatt lost. So. Uh, we can move on from there. <laughs> no, I better than I thought I was going to do when we initially. Yeah, I thought we all did pretty together. good, honestly. I think that's pretty pretty solid. Yeah. All right. So from there, we're gonna go into. Uh, I guess what we're gonna we're gonna have Wyatt give us a little quiz here. Apparently. Yeah, we're gonna jump into Mike's stupid rules now. After talking about some NBA, uh, even though Mike's not here, I did put together a little quiz. Uh, again about football we talked about football in the intro and we're gonna talk about football again in Mike's stupid rules i want to talk about the drop kick we haven't talked about that for a couple years now and if you didn't know you can drop kick a football in the nfl or the ncaa for punts kickoffs and extra point attempts and that's when instead of doing a normal punt uh you essentially let the ball hit the ground bounce up a little bit and then you kick it you drop the ball and then kick it drop kick two questions Number one, when was the last time a drop kick was attempted in the NFL? And number two, when was the last time a drop kick was attempted in NCAA D1 football? Uh, NFL was a couple of years ago in London, right? Did Tom Brady do it once? I don't know. I don't think Tom Brady's ever drop kicked a football. He does the thing where he throws the football usually or hands it off to another guy. Oh, okay. It, didn't it happen in London with like the Jags? I don't remember. Uh, I actually don't know if it was a London game. Let me take a look real quick. Was it the Jags? It was not the Jags, no. Was it the Giants? It was not the Giants. Dang it, those are my two guesses. Okay, uh, I'm done. It was... Any other J teams you have to guess? Well, the Giants isn't a J team. Oh yeah, you're right. Any other J teams? <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess I could have guessed the Jets for you. This game was played in the United States of America. Ugh. Well, I already exhausted all of my guesses, so you're going to tell me what the NFL one is. I am. Um, but I also want you to guess what the D1 college football one was. I just need a I, year. You, you neither even give me a year. 20, you said a few years ago. 2018 for the NFL, 2021 for college football. All right, what's your other guess, Ariane, for uh, NCAA? Uh, 2017. All right, yeah, none of y'all, no, not even close. So for the NFL, it was Robbie Gold for the 49ers uh, against the Eagles October 4th, 2020, which, again, I do not believe was in London. And funny enough, the last drop kick attempted in the NCAA was also in 2020. However, it was, can anybody guess the team by chance? Iowa. It was a Big 12 game. Oh. Kansas. No, it was Corey Dunn, backup punter for Iowa State. Oh, it was an yeah. onside uh, drop kickoff against Okie State that year. Um, I forgot about this until I started reading about it a couple weeks ago, and it was it was like a it was a huge mess. It was muffed, and then there was a huge scramble for it. And this was the game that would have I think it would have secured us into the conference uh, championship. So wow, name name a duo that goes better than Iowa State special teams and being a mess. Oh <laughs> uh, wait. The uh the last successful NCAA drop kick was in 1998. Nice. Wait. Remind me again. We judge success on a drop kick. How? So for an onside kick drop kick, it would be that oh, your team recovers. Your team recovers. Kick. Okay, right. I guess yeah. if you just punt it, I guess that would be successful. Um I feel like that happened in the NFL, like sometime 2018, 2019, but a successful onside kick that was a drop kick, which also happened to be the last time a drop kick was attempted. If you want to put an asterisk at the end of my initial question, nice. Well, do we feel uh, enlightened? I sure hope we do because do. we're about to feel really stupid, and by we. It's not me this week, thankfully, or Mike. Mike's off having fun. I was able to stay out of it this week. But Wyatt, Ariane, and Josh are in this list this week in our Write That Down Prediction Accountability session. First, we start off with a, a prediction that Wyatt made that was very outlandish, in which we gave him a home run for. He predicted that the last NBA Finals game is decided by no more than three points. Well, with a score of, I think it was 94 to 89, that was not true. So for that, Wyatt gets a nah. nah. It was pretty close, though. I was within, you it know, was I was close. within five. You were close, I will say but it's still wrong. Uh, Arian, man, for being our, our uh, NBA aficionado, I really hope he would get more NBA predictions right. He predicted that the Nuggets would win that win in five, which they did. So for that, Arian gets a ding, 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 ding. Josh predicted the other side of the coin here that the Heat would win it all. Uh, and as we heard earlier, that is not true. So for that, Josh gets a nah, nah, nah. And finally, to wrap 
it all up based on the NBA Finals. Wyatt predicted that the NBA Finals would conclude in six. Well, we just said that Ariane got it right because they did it in five, so six is not possible. So for that, Wyatt gets a nah, nah, nah. And with that, we conclude our accountability section and we move straight into our predictions. And yes, Ariane, you are first once again. Take it, I, take it away. I am honored. Very exciting. I'm, but that one being right, I'm batting a thousand so far this year. So that well, will not persist. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't say that so far because we do have some outstanding predictions from last season that carry into this season. All so, that matters is right now. Still, let's come off the board. All that matters is right now. So we're going to slap another go. one on the board with impunity. You guys may have heard of a little bit of a phenom coming onto the scene in the MLB. Uh, get ready for a lot of MLB takes because that's what's happening right now. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz for the, for the Reds has been making a lot of news and a lot of waves. I am going to predict that he ends the regular season with a batting average of 0.25 or under. I don't think he'll be bad. I don't think he's going to flame out. I just think that he is going to hit a little bit of a rookie wall. Pitchers are going to figure him out, and he's going to have a little bit more struggles than he's having right now. He's batting almost 300 right now, and I don't see that continuing. But I'm going to say that he ends the regular season with a batting average of .250 or below. Mm. My gut reaction is a double. Man. I mean, the more I think about it, it's probably going to be a double. I mean, like Arian said, pitchers are going to figure him out. That is true. And he's probably going to hit a wall. He Mm -hmm. burst onto the scene. I'm fine with that also because of the fact that his first Major League Baseball hit was a double. So that just seems like it was predestined to be. Yeah, meant to be. Meant to be. All right. Double it is. Since Mike's not here, uh, did we have to get a prediction from him this week? I did reach out to him, and he reported back from the lovely airport of Montreal uh, and gave me a prediction for this week. He is predicting that the Royals will end the year with a worse record than the Oakland A's. Uh, Who gives a season forecast? Is it baseball reference? Or is it stack? Not stack See, Mike's got all of these pinned. If you were at their wedding this weekend, you would have heard in the best man speech that he has like stats, Many. rule books, all books. bookmarked. Shout and out to uh, Andrew. I, I think we owe you Andy, some money yeah. for your plug. Yeah. Great plug. Great best man speech. Yeah, Great ten out of ten. Speech. Go, Andy. One of the better ones I've heard. Yeah. We're just stalling here uh, until. Kyle can find out what we want. It's not uh, easy being Mike, is it, Kyle? No, it, it <laughs> definitely is not. And I'm going to give him credit and be so happy when he's back uh, from their honeymoon. Our hierarchy goes, if Wyatt can't record, we're not recording because he does all of our tech stuff. If Mike can't record, we'll probably push it because he does all of the, you know, clerical stuff. And then, you know, if Kyle and I aren't there, you guys are fine. So... <laughs> Just somebody fan, talks a little less. Fangraphs predicts still currently that the Royals are going to have a better winning 
percentage than the A's at 448 compared to the A's 433, uh, which means, yeah, that they will be basically they're saying the Royals are going to win two more games than the Athletics right now. I was feeling um, like this was a single before I heard the numbers, and that hasn't swayed me. I don't think so either. I think this is a single, and unfortunately, Mike's not here to fend for himself. I mean, I feel like he wanted a single. (laughs) Maybe. All right. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? I also took over Mike's duty of reaching out to Josh. He is still alive. Um, He opened my message and said, nah. So he's going to take the strike out this week. Sounds good. I'm going to predict that the Cubs will beat the Red Sox on July 15th, 2023. But specific what it is it is um what is you there know something specific? special about that game yeah yeah i'm i'm going to that game that's gonna be oh, my first time in, uh, okay. so i'm excited okay um well i hope for your sake that comes true ah uh, yeah you and me both yeah the probably cubs, a single the cut i i was gonna say single i mean the cubs and the red Sox are both equally not great equally uh, poor <laughs> they're not the cardinals so, that's true i mean they're the Red Sox are below 500. The Cubs are below yeah. 500, a little bit further below 500. So this seems like a single. I'm fine with that. That cool. seems fair. Okay. Is, what do you got, Kyle? Yeah, so in uh, Caboose fashion, as Ariane did much of last season, I have two predictions for you all today. So first and foremost, we are going to go to a sport that we don't talk about often here. And that is college baseball. And that is the college baseball world series is kicking off this week. And my predict, my first prediction is that wake forest will win it all. I do, I do not know how to score this. I, I honestly don't either. Are they good? Um, uh, for your edification. Here we go. I'm pulling up the standings in the bracket right now. As of six hours ago on the NCAA official website, the bracket is. Man, I am horrible at my job. Uh... <laughs> You're horrible at. Co- at Where is the World Series bracket? Hello? Oh, oh, here we go. Okay. So I see where your confusion is coming from. It's not looking like an actual at this, bracket. Order. And I don't actually know how to read this bracket. They were the number one overall seed. Wake Forest has a plus 260, roundabouts a plus 250 to win the College World Series. The next highest is plus 350, plus 375, then plus 700. Okay, I, I did find I'm the I'm picking the odds on favorite. Yeah. Okay. They have a, their pitching rotation combined for a 26-1 and record this season, and all of them had over 100 strikeouts. Uh, that seems really good. I'm going to go with a single, maybe a double. How many people are in the tournament? So they've already made it through. I think they play all these people. Uh, man, I really don't know how this goes. Why did you okay, pick this? Here we go. Here we go. Because <laughs> now we're learning all together about the College Baseball World Series. So. Wake Forest played George Mason first. They demolished him. Then they played Maryland, demolished them. And then they played George Mason and demolished them. 
they won three games so far, and then they won they beat Alabama in a best of three series. And now I think they play some more best of three series until they get to the finals. Um Okay, so they will play Oh, here we go. You have yeah, to click it, on it. So they'll play Stanford. Yes. The winner of that game. So if they win, they will play the winner of LSU, Tennessee. Tennessee is really good, I believe. So I've heard. If they win that game, then they play another game and then another game if necessary. Am I reading that right? I think so. The, uh, and then probably, they're in the finals. It's, and it's then they play a, a best of three. It's not a single. I think it's a double at least. Yeah, I, I'm I fine with a double because there's a lot going on. You know, it's just yeah, the I, person that I everyone expects to win it. So, and if I'm Mike was here, much more. He, he might argue more against me. But I, hey, but we're, we're all idiots here, here. So he's probably yelling at us for not knowing how the NCAA College World Series thing works. Yeah, well, that's what you it's get for fair. getting married. Yeah, <laughs> don't miss out. You only do uh, it once. Well, some people only do it once. <laughs> With that, uh, my second prediction, 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 prediction is that Grady Dick is not a lottery pick. Triple. Triple? Triple? Yeah. Okay. I'd bet, I'd bet good money that he is a lottery pick, yeah. So a lottery, I was lottery say, pick We should probably say what a lottery pick is. Number, number one to number eight, seven? Fourteen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Numbers are hard, dude. Wow. I thought it was eight, clearly. Uh, yeah, I no. thought this was going to be more like a single, but... No, yeah. Hey. It's 14. Um, here we go, guys. That's great. So I'll look like an idiot when that comes <laughs> off the board in about a week or two. Um, so good. Good yeah, for cause, us. Because the me. top 16 teams make the playoffs in the NBA out of 30. And then the 14 teams that do not make the playoffs get put into, they all get a bunch of ping pong balls and it rolls around and they get combinations and we could go over that another day. But those 14 teams are what's called the draft lottery. Very good. So with the strikeout, two singles, two doubles and a triple, that concludes our write that down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311 cast episode 226. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our socials at 8311cast wherever you find us. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts, Uncle Mersh, Ariane Barry, and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones!